Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. We're going to the book of Psalms, chapter 40, and uh, we're going to be reading from there. 2006, I stood behind, not this exact pulpit, but the pulpit that was here at this time, and I preached this message. And I just really feel led of the Lord to preach it again. I want to revisit it. A lot of you were not even here then, but uh, those of you that were here, Maybe you remember it, maybe you don't, but I trust it'll be a blessing to you today. Amen. Psalm 40 and verse 2, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet on a rock and established my goings, and, somebody say and, he had put a new song in my mouth Even praise unto our God, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. He brought me out of a horrible, horrible pit, a miry clay. But he didn't just bring me out and set my feet on the rock. He established my goings and he put a new song in my mouth. I want to talk to you today about the birth of a song, the birth of a song of a song. Let's lift up our hearts today to the Lord, ask him to help us in the ministry of the word. Lord, today we stand, God, in the, first of all, honor of the chance, dear God, to deliver what you've called us to do. Help us to do it, Lord Jesus, where you are, are, are getting the glory and the honor, Lord. I pray that you touch somebody today. I pray that somebody leaves this place encouraged today, strengthened, Lord, and a new song in their heart. We're going to give you praise for it all in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. <clears throat> the Lord bless you. you can be seated. The psalmist here was stating that his soul was in a state of despair, of dilemma. The Bible calls it a horrible pit. Have you ever been in a time, in a season of your life, you felt like that you were not only in a horrible pit, but in a miry clay, your feet were stuck in that horrible place? A horrible pit is a place of isolation and sorrow. There's no route of escape. You can't go left or right, neither can you get out because the height is too far. The escape is pointless. Because gloom begins to set in, darkness begins to set in, anguish begins to set in, and there's, a, there's, a, there's no solid footing. Everything is slippery at the pit. Amen. Even the ground beneath your feet can feel uncertain and unstable. It's a horrible pit. The Hebrew language defines this pit as a pit of noise. What chilling sounds must have been echoing through that pit? Can you imagine being in a pit where the, 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 not only is it, is it bad, but you hear haunting sounds. You hear haunting noises. and You're wondering what's coming out of that crevice and what is coming out of that hole and what's coming out of this. And, and it just seems like that, 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 that you're stuck there. It's a horrible pit. The horrible pit speaks of life situations where you feel like that you've reached the bottom and there's no way out. But when Jesus comes, he comes to bring us out of our horrible pit. 
Amen. When there's no way out of the pit of sin, Jesus showed up. Aren't you glad for that? When there was no way out of the pit of discouragement, Jesus showed up. Amen. My pit of anguish and sorrow, he brought me out of. He's brought me out of pits of disillusionment and despair. Amen. He brings me out. Oh, but I want to tell you, he doesn't just bring us out and he doesn't just set us on our, a good founding, but he places a new song in our heart. One may ask, how can anything good come out of my pit? How can anything good come out of my trial? How can anything good come out of where I'm at right now? Amen. I want to tell you today, your pit can be the birthplace of your song. It's not just the birthplace of your deliverance. It's not just the birthplace of the Lord bringing you out. Amen. It can be the birthplace of your song. Your pit will either be your grave or it'll be your song. Amen. That determination is upon us and our walk with God. The psalmist said in 98 and 1, O singing of the Lord, a new song. Amen. Oh, singing of the Lord a new song, for he has. Amen. Uh, put Psalm 98 and 1 up there for us, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, singing of the Lord a new song. Somebody say, for. For he hath done marvelous things. There's a reason that songs are formed. Amen. Sometimes it's nice little cute songs that come out of our head. But there are places that God wants to birth some songs in us. Amen. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Verse 2. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remained. Remembered his mercy and truth toward the house of Israel. This is why I'm singing. The ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God. So make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise, rejoice, and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with a harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together. Why? He's brought me out of a miry place. He brought me out of a horrible pit. And he put a song in my heart. Second Chronicles teaches us that songs come after sacrifice. Say that with me. Songs come after sacrifice. Second Chronicles 29 and verse 26. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests and the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began. When the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began. You see, Hezekiah had already gone through and opened the doors to the house of God. He had called the, the priest to sanctification. He recognized the need of holy fire again that had gone out. He removed the trash out of the temple and took 
took it to the dump. Uh, he offered sacrifice for a sin offering. That is repentance. Uh, amen. There was reconciliation made through the offering of blood. But when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began. The song of God is going to come from your sacrifice. You say, I am in a horrible pit. Don't let it be something that is wasted. If you're going to go through a storm, don't let your storm just be a storm. Let it be a birthplace for something dynamic in your life. If you're going through a trial, don't let that trial be something that steamrolls you. You steamroll it. You come out on the other side and say, I am victorious. There are some people that sing in a song, but they're singing how bad it is and how bluesy it is, how horrible it is. Amen. Let me tell you today that victory, victory is connected to your song. <coughs> Look at Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed, hath prevailed to open the book and loose the seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, stood a lamb. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. And by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hath made us our uh, to our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Uh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, when you realize that your salvation shows up, uh, it will put you in the uh, 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 heart of a song. Because when the lamb showed up, their weeping turned into song. Their weeping turned into rejoicing. Why? Because God wants to put you in a place. Regardless of how deep it is, how horrible it is, how extreme it is, somebody need to hear me today. You need to realize that that pit is not meant to be your grave. It is meant to be your birthplace of a song. Joseph Scraven had wealth, education, and a devoted family, and a pleasant life in his native Ireland. Then unexpectedly, tragedy struck. On the night before Scraven's scheduled wedding, his fiancée drowned. In his deep sorrow, Joseph realized that he could find the solace and support he needed only in his dearest friend, Jesus. When Scraven's mother became ill, he wrote a comforting letter to her, enclosing the words of a newly written poem with the prayer that these brief lines would remind her of a never-failing heavenly friend. Sometime later, when Joseph Scraven himself was ill, a friend who came to call on him happens to see a copy of these words scribbled on a scratch paper, paper piece of paper near his bed the friend read the lines who, and they said who wrote these beautiful words and Mr. Scraven said the Lord and I did the Lord and I did. What was that song? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. I want to tell you that song has been sung around the world in church after church. What a friend we have in Jesus. But it wasn't born out of some little cute hand clap of, of well, God's been. No, it was born out of the death of a loved one, out of the death and, and the sickness of a loved one. It was born. What is your song going to be born out of? Don't wait your pit Linda Baxter 
though a bedridden invalid, much of her life penned these words. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will comfort and uh, joy and comfort give you. Take it wherever you go. Take the name of Jesus air as a shield from every snare. If temptation round you gather, breathe the holy name in prayer. Precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Amen. This is coming from a lady that could not uh, uh, get up on her own. Amen. Why? Because somebody decided my pit is not going to define me my pit is not going to define me but my song is I want to tell somebody this morning God wants to birth something inside of you in your pit in your struggle in your trial he wants to birth something inside of you singing is a part of humanity's experience emotion it's a part of our worship is a part of our declaration unto God. Amen. You will find that, 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 that our Lord sung. We'll find Matthew chapter 26 and 26. And, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it knew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, when they had sung a hymn, hallelujah, it's interesting that the language here literally means when they had were hymning, they were hymning. It's not confined to a single hymn, but rather to a group of hymns, a group of songs. Their attitude was hymning, hymning. In the middle of the shadow, at the shadow of the cross, they were hymning. They were singing. Amen. I want to tell you today that singing will get you through if you'll just let God give you a, a song. I know you think, well, Pastor, I can't, I can't carry a tune in the bucket. Amen. But you can carry a tune in a pit. Amen. You think today, I don't sing very well, but I want to tell you, hear me today. All it takes is a little bit hymning, a little bit of singing that God can give you a fresh perspective. Hymning was birthed at the Mount of Olives. Ruth K. Jones, a housewife whose husband was fighting in the height of World War II wrote these words. In times like these you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, you need the Bible. In times like these, oh, be not idle. Be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. She said, this rock is Jesus. This rock is Jesus. He's the one. What is this housewife doing? She's saying, if I'm going to get through this, my husband being over in the war, if I'm going to get through this, I need to have something that's going to bring me to a point of remembrance uh, that I'm not in a horrible pit, uh, that he brought me out of it. Uh, amen. Jesus, uh, you're the one. Uh, you're the rock. Uh, you're my hope. Uh, amen. Somebody ought to lift up your head today and say this pit will not define me but my song will. Uh, this pit will not define me. This momentary sorrow that I'm in is not going to define me but my song will. 
We often sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. It's blind, but now I see. And we sing that song casually sometimes. But do you know where it came from? That song has defined Mr. Newton. It has defined him. We know him because of that song. But do you realize that he also was a horrible slave trader? Do you realize that he was a rough man? He was a wayward man. So when he writes that saved a wretch like me, he is saying, I know what pit I come out of. I know where I come from. But we don't think about him as being a, the slave trader. We don't think about him as being a hardened seaman. But what we think about is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amen. What are you thinking of? I want to tell you today. Let the Lord give you a fresh song in your heart. Revelation 14 and 2, it says, And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, the voice of a great thundering. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders that no man uh, could learn that sung but the 144,000 which were redeemed of the earth, from the earth. Hallelujah. They're singing in heaven. They're singing in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am known in my family for having a very wide, very wide taste in music. You will find on my phone playlists from, from all kinds of genres, save a couple that I will not mention that I'd rather not listen to. But you say, when you get to heaven, what kind of, what kind of music is going to happen? We're going to have people from all over. We're going to have people from every nation, tongue, and language. And it's going to be people that, that they're going to be like in northern India, Mizoram, India. You know, their, their worship music is three drums. That's all they have is three drums. Thousands of people worshiping the three drums. Amen. When you get to heaven, it's going to be three drums. Uh, is it going to be a keyboard and a bass and a violin and a, a drums? Is it, what, what's, what, what's going to, is it going to be my style, your style, their style? It, what's it going to be like? What, I I think we're going to sing a new song where everybody will understand and it won't matter on the other side. Hallelujah. I just want to be there. Hallelujah. Part of that. Psalm 42 and 6 says, oh, oh my God. Psalm 42 and 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites, from the hill of Mizar. Keep Deep calleth unto deep the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone after me or over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. In the night, in the night, his song shall be with me. In the night, in the pit, in the my, my song is going to be there. Hallelujah. Oh, that we would be like the, the psalmist that said, let the saints be joyful in glory and let them sing upon their beds let them sing upon their beds God can birth a song in your hour right now I'm blessed to have recordings of my oldest brother whom I was two years old when he passed away uh, never knew him other than the stories but I have a recording that in the early 60s he made with a friend of his in Longview, Texas. And it's crackly and it's not a good quality. 
my brother Ronald uh, in college made the Texas All-State Choir. He had a big voice and powerful voice and never heard him sing in person, but I heard him sing on this recording. And, 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 and he did all four parts of a quartet. He recorded a part, go back and record a part, and all four parts of a quartet. And I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Matter of fact, uh, uh, most of our family sings, and, and my mom and dad used to say, you know what, none of you could do like Ronald. Ronald could sing so amazingly. But he sung the song the first time I come to know the song, The Love of God. I heard it through my brother Ronald's voice on a recording. The love of God. How measureless. How strong. It's ever more enduring. <clears throat> there is an unusual third stanza that's a part of this. As a matter of fact, the song The Love of God is actually written by multiple people, but it comes from a, a poem of a Jewish rabbi in Worms, Germany. The lines were found one day revised in a revised form on the walls of a patient's room in an insane asylum after the patient's death. The opinion has since been that the unknown patient adapted from the Jewish poem, poem what is now the third verse of the love of God. And Pastor Lehman completed the hymn in 1917 after hearing the story in a camp meeting. The third stanza. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. That stanza one. Stanza two. When years of time shall pass away and earth thrones and kingdoms fall. When men who here refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call. God's love so sure shall still endure all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and angels' song. Then the, somewhere a person in a mental institution was found to have written this. Could we with ink the ocean fill? The skies of parchment made, where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. Hallelujah. Can you thank the Lord for a love that to help you write a song in your darkest prison, in your darkest place. Amen. Hallelujah. Luther B. Bridges, after the death of his three sons and his wife in a house fire, wrote this hymn. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still in all of life's ebbs and flow. Though some tile he leads through waters deep, trials fall across the way. Though sometimes the path seems rough and deep, his footprints 
all lead all the way. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Hallelujah. Does that sound like a person that's buried themselves in their pit? Or does it sound like a person that somehow God has encouraged them to come out? Back in 1932, Tommy was a 32-year-old new husband. His wife, Nettie, were living in a little apartment on Chicago's south side. Tommy wrote this story. He said, one hot August afternoon, I had to go to St. Louis where I was to be the featured soloist in a large revival meeting. He said, I didn't want to go, and Nettie was in the last month of pregnancy with their first child, but a lot of people were expecting me in St. Louis, and I kissed Nettie goodbye, going down the stairs to a Model A, and in a fresh Michigan breeze, chugged out to, to Chicago on Route 66. The next night, in the steaming St. Louis heat, the crowd called on me to sing again and again. And when I finally sat down, a messenger boy ran up with a Western Union telegram. I ripped open the envelope, pasted on the yellow sheet were the words, Your wife just died. People were happily singing and clapping around me, but he said I could hardly keep from crying. He said he rushed to a phone and called home, and all he could hear on the other end is, Nettie is dead. Nettie is dead. He said when I got back, I learned that Nettie had given birth to a boy, and the boy died as well. Yet that night, as the baby died, uh, he said that he buried Nettie and the little boy together in the same casket. He said I began to fall apart. For days, I closeted him myself. I felt that God had done me an injustice. I didn't want to serve him anymore. I didn't want to write gospel songs anymore. I just wanted to go back to the jazz that I once knew so well. But then he said, as I hunched alone in the dark apartment, those first sad days, I thought back to the afternoon. I went to St. Louis and, and, and something kept telling me, maybe you shouldn't go and he blamed himself and he blamed himself and and he was down in his pit and a friend got him professor fry came and took him to malone's college school of music and just set him down in the quiet alone and as tommy was sitting at the piano he began to write precious lord take my hand lead me on let me stand you heard me sing it at the beginning of this message and perhaps it just went by you for a moment maybe it blessed you but I want to tell you Tommy wrote it Tommy wrote it after the death of his wife and his son amen I want to tell you today that song has blessed multiple people over the years that has sung it oh will you take my hand amen will you take my hand precious Lord lead me on greatest pictures of this is at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises I don't know what they sung I don't know what they sung they sung but in their pit they were delivered I gave you some older illustrations but these are modern illustration I could tell you about a pastor's wife who's praying over over their grown daughter one day in their living room, looking out the window, longing to see that backslidden girl come back to God. She had rejected the gospel that her father had preached, cut all family ties, 
And yet this mother wrote this song. In my moment of fear, through every pain and every tear, there's a God who's been faithful to me. When my strength was all gone and when my heart had no song still in love, he proved faithful to me. Every time I come back to him, he's waiting with open arms and I see once again, he's been faithful to me. Faithful to me. Looking back, his love and mercy I see. In my heart I have questioned, even failed to believe. Yet he's been faithful. He's been faithful to me. Can I tell you, not every story ends this way. But that daughter came back to God. That daughter came back to God and is now a pastor's wife herself. Amen. But I wonder today, there's times you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what the future holds. You don't know where you're going to be a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. But can you say, he's been faithful to me. He has been faithful to me a young man by the name of Henry Smith just graduated from seminary looking to be a part of a ministry team somewhere couldn't find work and he was wrestling with a degenerative eye condition that eventually would leave him blind Despite this, he found a way to read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9 that says, give thanks. So Mr. Henry Smith penned these words, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son. And he said, and now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us, give thanks. Give thanks. That song has been sung all around the world. And it was birthed by a man that was losing his eyesight. Amen. Don't let your storm be the end of your story. Let your storm be the birthplace of of your song. I've heard it said that, that the worship song, he's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. It was written by a man who didn't have a father on this earth. But he's a good, good father. Find a man who's been molested repeatedly by his uncle. Find a man who had battled years of heartache and abuse. A man who questioned his own sexual identity because of the abuse that had happened to him. Find a man who's emotionally and physically beat up. And what do you have? You have the song called Stand. What do you do when you've done all you can and it seems like it's never enough? What do you say when your friends turn away and you're all alone? Tell me, what do you give when you've given your all and it seems like you can't make it through? Well, you just stand. When there's nothing left to do, you stand. Watch the Lord see you through. And after you've done all you can, just stand. He went on to write, tell me, do you handle uh, uh, the grief? How do you handle 
handle the grief of your past? Tell me, how do you deal with the shame? How can you smile when your heart has been broken and filled with pain? Tell me, what do you give when you've given your all and it seems like you can't make it through? Well, you just stand when there's nothing left to do. You just stand and watch the Lord see you through. When you've done all you can, you stand, stand, stand. Somebody ought to say, I'm going to do that, Pastor. I'm going to do that. Stand, he said, through the storm, you stand. Through the rain, stand. Through the hurt, stand. Through the pain, amen. Don't bow, don't bend, don't give up, don't give in. Hold on, just stand. God will step in. It won't be long, amen. After all you've done, you can. After all you have done, that you can. When you've prayed and cried and prayed and cried and prayed and cried. You just stand. You may not understand my song. You may not understand my song. But it's probably because you don't understand my pit. You don't understand where I come from. You don't understand who I am and my private world, things in my past that I, I don't talk about and things in your past that you don't talk about and things that you don't bring out publicly. And so if you don't understand my worship and you don't understand, I'm sorry. I'm not going to tell you my pit because my pit doesn't define me anymore. I said my pit doesn't define me. Daniel, you need to hear what your pastor's telling you today. Your pit doesn't have to define you. Where you are and what you're dealing with does not have to define you. Hallelujah. But let the song define you. Amen. Tommy Dorsey that wrote Precious Lord is remembered for his song. Not his song. Stand with me, please. The psalmist said, sing unto the Lord a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. Sing unto the Lord. He said in another place, a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from today to day. In your storm, in your trial, it will either be your grave or it will be your song. It will have to be a, a song that's written by millions or heard by millions, sung around the world but it may be just your song that you sing. Can I preach to somebody today? Can I talk to somebody today? You're hearing the haunting sounds of your pit right now. You're hearing the cries, the haunts, the blackness, the miry bass that you feel like you're standing in quicksand. First, Lord, bring me out. Bring me out of this. Bring me out of this. But please don't just bring me out of it. Give me a song. Give me a song. I think often of Bishop Steve Wilson and his lovely wife who lost their son way, way, way too early in life. They have 
not everybody's grief is the same. And that's, un, that's, that's quite normal, natural. But in their position in ministry, they were such public figures and you see them everywhere. And so their grief was very public. Their, their, their pain was very public. And I know for a fact there were times that it was more than they could even bear. But what they did is that they started a, a ministry to people who lost children. Every year, they have a conference that they bring folks that have lost children. And one right after another, and know of name after name after name that have lost a loved one. That brother and sister Wilson reached down and said, come on, let me help you up. Is your storm going to define you? Are you going to define your victory in your song? You see, a song doesn't mean that you necessarily are writing a song. You're, you, you, the Wilsons are writing a song in a different way. They found a way to write it. Found a way to reach it. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Lord, I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Lord, in the storm and in the trial, God, we need you to come be our rescue. Come, Lord Jesus, pull us out. I wonder if there's anybody that's either dealing with it or, or have dealt with it in the past and you, you just would like to be able to worship the Lord for a little while. Maybe, the, maybe making your way to this altar will help you. Amen. Or you, you can stay right where you are, but somewhere, somebody right now is going through a storm that's, to you, it's, it's the toughest, and to you, it's the deepest, and to you, it's, it's personal, and it is painful. Oh, Lord, but let something come out of this. Let something come out of this that I never expected. Lord, let me see your grace and your mercy that I never expected. Hallelujah, my pain is not going to define me. My sorrow is not going to define me. My issues are not going to define me, Lord, but that my song, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody else, you want to come? You want to come and just simply stand here and say, this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Hallelujah, I encourage you to come. I encourage you to step out today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Church, let's pray. Let's pray. Right here, lift up your voice. Ah, oh, the pain of loss is so deep. Oh, the hurt can be so deep. Oh, the dreams that have been shattered so deep. But oh, God, somehow, in this moment, I need you, Lord. Help me, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you can, reach over, take somebody, pray with them. Take their hand, put your arm on their shoulder if it's appropriate, and begin to pray with them and encourage one another right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My pen is not going to define me. Oh, but my song will. My song. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. 
If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Thank you.